Hey, what's up? This is your boy Andy Caps, aka the Captain. Uh, we're going to speak on uh, a topic uh, that has been uh, brewing for quite some time. As she would say, she's been cooking in the oven since 2007. I want to talk about Foxy Brown, aka Aninga Mashar. That's how you say it. Um, she is a well-known female rapper who um, got her start in the game uh, back in 95, I want to say, on the LL Cool J's remix, I Shot Ya. Now, I'm going to just go into detail. She is one of my favorite female rappers of all time. Um, and that's... Um, up for debate as far as lyrical wise, you know, as far as writing your own lyrics and so forth. Um, but uh, I want to go into her downfall. What was Foxy's Brown? What was her downfall? You know, why didn't she blow the way that she should have blown? You know? Um, another thing is, you know, the entrance of Little Kim. Now, I'm going to speak on Little Kim on another um, podcast that's going to be coming up this week. And, you know, and bear with me one, one moment because I am pulling up the, the information now. I had this all written down, you know, as far as Foxy Brown is concerned. Now, where I want to start with this is... She was left out of hip-hop honors. Now, you know, VH1 does a hip-hop honors, and this was back in 2016, so it was a couple years ago. They honored Queen Latifah, Lil' Kim, Missy Elliott, Salt and Pepper, just to name a few. They were all honored during the ceremony. However, a few notable names were left out. You could argue, and you know, which was Foxy Brown. The Brooklyn rapper... She was one of the most important women in, in rap in the 90s. So when people ask the honors or even, you know, why didn't this occur? She had this to say. She said, anyone recognize whether the contribute big or small, I applaud. Personally, I prefer being held to a much higher standard in my walk. The fans went ballistic. The people have spoken. Now, you know, I don't agree with the much higher stand. I mean, she did. She was important a part, but she um, she wasn't, you know, all, the all to end all. So, you know, um, with this situation, um, she's unfairly forgotten about most of the time. Most of the time, um, and it's, 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 it's going to be an unfair advantage to her. But she's forgotten about or written off as just um, just another female rapper. Now, back in the 90s, uh, the female rapper was questionable as to whether or not they wrote their own lyrics. Um, you know, did they have someone um, pushing them? And of course, they, uh, you know, Foxy had Nas and Jay and, you know, Lil' Kim Happy, Diddy, and um, Biggie, as far as it's concerned. 
So that always, you know, was a, a big question in hand was, did the females write the rhymes? You know, and still to the day, it's questionable with, you know, the female rappers that are out today. Do they write their own rhymes? Now, what I will say about this, She started out in 1990. Um, as far as her debut album is concerned, it was 1996. August of 1996. I don't know the actual date, but it's called Il Nana. Il Nana went multi platinum on different venues. So that solidified her as far as. Are the people feeling her? Can she sell records and whatnot and straight for it? But both female rappers that are, you know, as far as the 90s is concerned, that were the most, pro- most prolific to me was Little Kim and Foxy. Little Kim, um, excuse me, she came out in November. They both came out in November. Little Kim Hardcore came out um, November, uh, a week apart from Il Nana. And Little Kim sold a little, I say, a few, um, a few thousand more than Il Nana did. Um, with that situation being said, they were still both on the same playing level when they first came out. So it wasn't, you know, who's the big hot head honcho um, in the game, and there can only be one female. They were both, you know friends so it, it wasn't that type of mentality going on at that time now what I will say as far as the, the dynamic shift of Little Kim and Foxy's relationship is a lot of people have said in the past that Foxy was jealous of Little Kim Foxy was um, taken pattern by Little Kim Foxy was um taking bits and pieces of what Little Kim was doing and applying it to her um, entertainment that she was putting out. Now, she um, is really known for her her mentalities being 7.30, crazy, you know, Brooklyn all day, you know, as far as, you know, how how us people, how we do. Um, some or well, I'm, I'm gonna say some. I'm sorry, I'm gonna take that back. How some of us people do out here? We uh, rep our neighborhood, we rep our city, we rep our town, we rep where we are from, and we say where we are from to solidify who we are. Um, but at that point in time, they were both from Brooklyn. But Little Kim had a little bit more street cred. I want to say a lot more street cred than Foxy Brownie. And if you could see where Foxy was coming. She was very hood when she when she rapped. She, and she rapped in a very deep, you know, deep voice. And they both did, but Foxy's is more apparent um, as far as, and as far as her lyrical content, it wasn't as sexual as um, Little Kim went. But especially as far and as, as far as visual wise, it wasn't as it was a split, but it, it didn't it didn't break 
the barrier like little Kim did with, um, you know, her hardcore session and her squat and photos, which is still, you know, the infamous squat and photo, which is still, you know, being used to this day. Um, but what I will say is, um, moving forward with this, she went platinum. So, you know, you can't really say nothing much to a person who can sell commercial and who can, you know, sell a record. You know, anybody as far as anybody can sell a record, but, you know, everybody can't be that commercial success. And Foxy Brown was. Um, now, the only track recorded with Little Kim and Foxy Brown together is the collaboration back in 96 with Foxy Brown, Little Kim, The Brat, and Toto got together for Bad Boys remix of No One Else. That is the only track that Little Kim and Foxy Brown are on together. And they did make a video for it as well. Now, what I will say moving forward, we're going to move on to the phase of um, going into 97, 98, era 99. Those three years were um, pretty dominant for Foxy as far as pushing her forward. Now... Um, I will say she, um, back in 1997, she did a, a lot of touring with the CD, you know, pushing herself out there um, during 98. She uh, released, or well, she was working on China Dial. Now, I, I personally, you know, I bought China Dial when it came out. I believe I was, had to be around 12, 11 when it came out and I and I went to the store and I was on I wasn't able to get the uh, parental advisory copy because I was young but I was able to obtain you know the record and I listened to it and even back then uh, the beats hold on hold on one second Um, what even back then with the whole situation like um, the album uh, China Dow it was it led with the single Hot Spot um, which was a very good you know good single very boppy single to me I like the single um, but it did uh, play a dominant role in the downfall and when I say the downfall, I don't mean a complete downfall. I mean the starting of why people were pulling away from Foxy as they were and moving more towards Lil' Kim. Now, um, a lot of people, like I said, Lil' Kim had the majority of the hood black people when she came out. Uh, although Foxy had them, she didn't, you know, they, she was just, okay, she cool, she can rap, you know. Blah, 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 like a couple of her songs, whatever. But she wasn't as prolific, like I said, as prolific and in your face as Little Kim was. Um, now, what I will say, um, Hot Spot, it wasn't a commercial sets. The single from China Dial, it failed to enter the top 50 of the Billboard pop charts, um, as did the follow up single, I Can't, which is another favorite of mine. Uh, it was just featuring Total. Um, but do neither due to those two singles failing to enter the uh, the Billboard pop charts, 
they were cert- uh, the album was certified platinum after surpassing one million copies. So, so it's, again, even with you know the the musical, I will say musical risk that she took, and I say risk uh, being that she, she didn't know whether or not they didn't know whether or not at that time that that music was going to pop, and um, it wasn't a commercial success, but it, it was a success altogether. Um, now. During that time, there was a lot of um, back and forth with Little Kim. Um, they become more known and more open. Um, it was being discussed more. Um, they were throwing subliminals and songs at each other. There were things being said uh, about one another that, you know, raised eyebrows. Are these two women beefing? Yes. Um, you move it into that phase of 98, 99. This is where the point where Little Kim... Um, I watched the, you know, the, the biography or, you know, the documentaries on it. And I think this is the point where Little Kim had started to take take heed to her camp, to the people that were in her camp at that time, telling her that uh, Foxy is doing this because Little Kim stopped conversing with Foxy and stopped, you know, hanging out with her and stopped, you know, being around her. So there was no there was always and it was getting back to little Kim that Foxy was trying to steal her style and you know taking her grunts and her uh uh huh yeah all that she was um, doing on her songs which she was um on China Dow but um as far as you know stealing her her whole style I don't think Foxy did I think Foxy had her own apparent style when she came up I think she kind of got veered away from it listening to again people in her camp at that time that was with her and from my standpoint that's when things started getting when you start listening to outside sources and you don't have the the full information for yourself um things get you know dismantled and things get um misconstrued when being uh you know told from from messenger you know so um let's move into um 1999 2000 uh 2000 is when um again she went platinum with china dow it wasn't a commercial success success but hey it is what it is at the end of the day uh she did uh go platinum and she actually went double platinum and went on to sell double platinum so i mean again it's it's not up to the commercial success of whether or not you have actual success if you can rap the beat may not sound good but your flow is good you know you might have you know a couple off bars but you know if the beat is good then it's it's right so if the beat is not good and your flow or you know your bars is okay then you might have a good hit if your your bars is off but the beat is hot you might have a good hit it all depends you know and then you might can have it all together you know um, but with that being said, um, as she went to work on Broken Silence, there was a n- numerous things that happened in between China Down, Broken Silence. There was mental, um, how do I put this? Um, there was a depression. There was mental illness uh, going on with Foxy. She was going through uh, a period, a very dark period of um what I know from, you know, what I read on and on her, 
it was um, suicide and um, different attempts at trying to take her life. Um, sometimes they say um, the only way to get to the top, you know, that top top, is you have to, you know, sacrifice. And sometimes the sacrifice can be your, your, you know, your, your sanity, your, 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 your livelihood. So, I mean, at some point in time, she fell into a real dark, um, dark, dark, deep depression and was basically a little, a little bit off. Um, when I say off, she was fighting um, nail techniques. People, uh, I don't want to sound, you know, racist, but the Asian, um, Chinese women who come over here and they open nail shops, uh, they do your nails, and she's fighting them over paying for her nails, and and then there was again, like I said, the suicide attempts. There was the um, the alleged miscarriage that went on with that situation there, and then there was the shooting, the shootout between her and Little Kim. And there was uh, numerous of other things that occurred, but I'm not going to hit off every, each and every one, but just let you know there was some life-changing things that occurred. So we're going to start with the shootout. The shootout was um, was in a radio station, I believe, Hot 97. It was in 2001, I want to say, it occurred. And early 2001. I don't know the actual date, um, but it occurred. And Foxy was having an interview at the same time as Little Kim. I believe Hot 97, you know, knew, they knew of the beef. You know, they knew these two women did not like each other. I don't know if they knew the extent or what, what you know, the consequences of putting them in the same building at the same time with these. They're, they're two different teams who started the whole thing. That's why I think it wasn't even necessarily Little Kim and Foxy, and they it wasn't like they met up with guns and sh- try to shoot each other. No, it was the, the the inside people who were, you know, with the teams and everything, and you know who was producing, who was or either just the, sh- the chauffeur man or the hype man, or who brought the brother or the, uh, my man's and them, whoever was there in in their team um, had conflict with the next camp's team, which would be Foxy's. And Foxy's team had conflict with Little Kim's team. So, I mean, it, it necessarily wasn't these two women who had conflict. Yes, they didn't like each other, but it was the team who shot off. So, um, apparently, Foxy's team shot at Kim's team first, and then the Kim's team let off rounds, and um, I believe someone got hurt. I don't believe no. I don't believe it was there was no fatalities or anything of that nature. But I believe someone got hurt, and from that standpoint, the little Kim and Foxy Brown beef really started up, really lit up, and there was back and forth subliminals and and disses and freestyles and all different sorts of stuff going on with that situation, um, which kind of had people picking sides again like again with the any other uh hip-hop beef and you know in history you have this side and you have this side and you pick which side you like and some people are neutral some people like this one some people don't like that one some people like this one you know it it, it all depends and with this situation 
slide into 2001 where she released Broken Silence now she changed her back over to her street image you know she I, I, I bought this CD as well uh, July 17 2001 when it first came out um, I bought hers and Aaliyah's my baby girl and I'm a fan of both and I listened to both of them on on that day and I was I fell in love with um the CD actually Broken Silence was is one of my favorite CDs from Foxy the second one would be Il Nana um now the album had such hits as Oh Yeah and um BK Anthem uh, it debuted on the Billboard charts at number five. And like her previous albums, it also sold over 500,000 and it was certified gold. Now, based off of that information, you know, the album did eventually go platinum. It, it was a bit of a commercial success because it did break the top, the top 10. Um, but it wasn't as big as her first CD. Her first CD was her biggest um, effort to date. Now, in 2002, she returned to the music scene uh, with a, a, a single called Stylin, which I remember the CD was single. The single was very nice. I liked it. I liked her flow on it. I said, okay, Foxy's back. No, no album, no CD. We still waited. The next year, which is 2003, she did another, you know, appearance on a mixtape. She did an uh, appearance on Wendy Williams' radio show that year as well. Uh, when um, Wendy Williams had her radio show, she did an appearance on there and it went back and forth. Now... What happened with this situation... is she was recording which would have been one of her best efforts to date Il Na Na 2 The Fever now this whole this whole this whole CD it was it was put together because it was so raw every single track she was speaking on, on a per, her, her flow was at its all time high her flow was at what it was going to be at that time. And I believe that was her prime, which would have been Il Na Na 2. Um, the album was shelved. She was with Def Jam Records at that time. And the president of Def Jam Records shelved it over disagreements. And she claimed, allegedly, they were personal disagreements. Now, again, this is uh, something that, again, occurred, which, you know, stopped her from being the best that she could. 
Now, she began recording that second. She began recording the studio album Il Nana to the Fever in uh, late 2004. Now, months after she reunited with Jay-Z after performing on his Best of Both Worlds tour, and then after signing back to date, uh, Def Jam, she signed back to Def Jam. They begin to work on her her CD, which was going to be her next effort, which was going to be the fifth CD, Black Roses. And it had production by the Neptunes, Kanye West, Timberland, Trackmaster. It was going to be lit. Now, at this point in time, you got to understand this is almost, what, this is 2005, 2006? She suffered a hearing loss. I don't know how, but she suffered a hearing loss and pushed back the release date for the album. She then left Def Jam for the second time and she launched an independent record label, which caused the Black Rose CD to be shelved. Now, the Black Rose Entertainment, she launched an independent record label called Black Rose Entertainment. And she said, according to her, she recorded two albums worth of material between 2004 and 2007. And she planned to release some of the material on the Street album, which is like a mixtape, Brooklyn's Don Diva. Now, that Street album, Black Roses and Il Nana to the Fever, didn't see the light of day. I mean, they're on YouTube. You can go listen to a couple, a few of the tracks from Il Nana 2 and Black Roses, but her street album, a mixtape, sees the light of day, Brooklyn's Don Diva, which I, I was here for it, but wasn't. And I'll explain. Now, she, she announced all this in 2004. That she was um, the first out artist to sign a Jeff, um, Jay-Z's S. Carter Records and blah, 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 and so forth. And then after she went deaf, all that was shelved. Now, in, um, in, 2000, in June of 2006, she, she had her hearing had been restored through surgery. She was um, planning to res- resume recording the Black Rose CD. Um... And um, late 2006, early 2007, um, Jay-Z dropped her from Def Jam label. And the release of the Black Roses was canceled. Was Now she has two shell albums. So all this occurred, which, you know, put her back, set her back, set her back, set her back. And she is currently working on her next album, which is titled King Soon Come. And it's no release date or anything of that nature. And she is set to be on Nicki Minaj's um, next uh, effort which is entitled Queen so we'll see what you know what will come I'll do another update podcast on her as far as Foxy Brown is concerned but I just wanted to dibble and dabble on that a little bit speak on her a little bit because she is again 
She's one of the most prolific um, female rappers of the 90s. So I just wanted to pay some, you know, respects. And thank you for taking the time out to listen to my Andy or my podcast. You can um, listen to me. I am a independent LGBT rapper. Uh, www.reverbnation.com slash Andy Caps One. Again, www.reverbnation. R E V E R B Nation.com slash Andy Caps. Caps with a C. One. Okay. Thank you.